Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Mike's Mutterings, the anti-TED Talks. Because here, no script, no filter, and absolutely no talent whatsoever. So what this is going to be is kind of a redo of Friday's podcast. It was a beautifully done podcast, a story well told. I didn't realize that right in the middle of it, I got a phone call that cut it off. So it left all of my listeners, all, what are four of you guys? Special shout out to Ron and to Jim, The Rock, and Dan. How you guys doing? I think you feel special. Your name's on a podcast. Anyways, so I was told in my previous podcasts, pardon the slip of the tongue there, in my previous podcast, I was told, ah, I yell too much. I'm a middle-aged white man. What don't we have to yell about? Uh, but I'm not going to go into that right now. That's later. Um, so today what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to tell you all a story. Now, it's interesting. The Super Bowl was last night. And it's a good game. Fun to watch. The halftime show was basically a PG-13 strip tease by Shakira and J-Lo. I mean... I don't know how many more close-ups of J-Lo's crotch that we were going to get. There's quite a few. Um, it, uh, it probably was not for 10-year-old boys. This was definitely not Carol Channing singing Hello, Dolly from the very first Super Bowl. But uh, it, it, it reminds me of how times have changed and how what's acceptable and not acceptable is very different. Reminds me of a, a, a wardrobe malfunction that happened in the past. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Janet Jackson's boob. I'm talking about another boob. Yes, that's right. Yours truly. The time that I had a so-called wardrobe malfunction. So let me set this up for you a little bit. I went to an all-boys Catholic school. And we were right next to an all-girls Catholic school. Now, when I say right next to, I don't mean like a mile away. I don't mean like two blocks down. I mean we were like 30 yards away from these girls. Now, if you can imagine teenage boys with hormones raging get a little antsy when there are teenage girls right next door. It's almost like uh, uh, it's almost like keeping the uh, the water away from the guys in the desert and, and, and when they see it, it's almost like is that a mirage? Am I really seeing that? Is that really a girl? And we really didn't care what the girls looked like. I mean, they could have been completely ugly, but they were girls. They were girls in skirts. So we didn't care. But the thing was, there was a dynamic with the uh, boys from our school and the girls from their school. So there was a little, a literal 
ditch in between the two schools called the moat that you were not allowed to cross. Now, the cool guys that dated these girls, well, they'd, uh, they'd stand at the edge of the moat and the girls would stand at the other edge of the moat and they'd talk and it'd be cute and all that stuff. Now, I was not one of the cool guys and I know this is completely hard to picture, but no, I was not one of the cool guys. Uh, so there was other options that you could do. Now you could be proactive and try and interact with the girls a different way. Now, I, I had a friend who was on a baseball team. He had a very good arm. And one of the things that he would do is, well, because we would be upset that these girls really wouldn't talk to us very much. So he would throw fruit, usually citrus, oranges and grapefruits and things that would splatter. He made a nice apple now and then. <laughs> Sorry. He could uh, he could find a target, throw it at the wall as these girls were exchanging outside, and the fruit would splatter all over their nice little monogram sweater that uh, mommy and daddy had just purchased for them. Uh, and no, I don't feel sorry for these girls because these girls had more money than God. So all they had to do is go home and tell mom and dad and they'd get a new sweater. They didn't even clean it. They just throw it out, use it as a rag to wash the car. Uh, so anyways, the third way that we would interact with these girls were it really wasn't much of an interaction. We would just watch during the, the nice weather days. We'd watch the girls go outside and, and go from class to class. And believe it or not, this was a very, very popular endeavor by the boys. I know it's hard to believe. Boys looking at girls, imagine that. Anyways, so we had this little spot called the Athletic Porch. It was right outside the locker room and it's where guys would, uh, uh, some guys would smoke, some guys would, uh, pitch pennies or quarters or whatever do a little gambling um, the main use for this porch was to sit and watch the girls now it was an area that was kind of secluded from the rest of the school the rest of the classrooms except there was one opening with one classroom that you could see the athletic porch well this was a very beautiful April I don't know Wednesday or whatever it was just a beautiful day so we decided to sit out there. Well, the prime spots for watching these girls was sitting on top of the roof of this little porch. And the way you got up there was shimmy up a tree. If you were athletic enough to get up there, uh, there were a couple of folding chairs that were set and uh, kept up there and you would get your reserved spot. So one day, I get one of those reserved spots and I'm watching and we're kind of yelling at the girls and well, some road scholar from the crowd yells up to me, hey Simmons, why don't you moon them? Being the highly intelligent young man that I was, thought, okay, I'm gonna. And without thought or hesitation, turn around Drop my pants a little bit and showed the girls my white as white ass. But I didn't just, 
and they just mooned. I had to make sure that they saw me. So I yelled out in the loudest yell that I could. It was a Tarzan yell that Johnny Weissmiller would have been so proud of. I mean, this was a better yell than if Tarzan had just cleared out, out of all the headhunters and elephant poachers out of the jungle. Well, being swept up in the euphoria of my Tarzan yell and my demonstration, decided I'm going to do that again. So turned around, dropped pants, showed my butt, and yelled even louder. Well, the crowd was in a frenzy. Guys were yelling, screaming, cheering. And uh, as many of you that do know me, I, I, I don't like attention at all. Okay, maybe I like a little bit of attention. So, so <laughs> I decided, you know what? Third time's a charm. So one more time, turn around, drop trow, yelled even louder. I think they could hear me in Toledo, Ohio. I was yelling so loud. <laughs> and as I'm, sh as I'm shimmering down the tree, I'm still yelling. Well, that was a great display. Got a couple of slaps on the back. Guys high-fiving me. I was the man. I was the man for a little bit. So later on, uh, I had a, a free period. It's, it's later in the day. And again, sitting outside with some friends. The girls weren't there, so we were just chilling out. Well, at my school, um, it was kind of set up where one end of the school was, was the main office, and at the other end of the school was the office of the Dean of Discipline. Now, the Dean of Discipline, I've talked with him recently. He's a great guy. But at the time, he seemed like the biggest worm in the world. I, I thought that he probably was wearing a swastika under his, his jacket, but I never had proof. And he was a good guy, but you know what? He, he wore these little thin glasses that would darken anytime that there was any kind of light. So he had a little sinister glow to him there. A little bit of a narrow face, so he had a little bit of a, a rodent look to him. And he had one of those little thin mustaches, which it, if you picture the bad guy in any old, old movie, that was this guy. His name was Mr. Kozlowski. Again, great guy now. Back then, evil incarnate. So anyways... The Dean of Discipline had these little minions, these little freshmen that would scurry about running his little errands. They would run messages back and forth to the principal. Or they would notify guys if they were in trouble or whatever. Well, one of these little minions, I, I don't know how the kid knew me, but he's going down to the office and he sees me outside and he comes outside and he goes, Hey, are you Simmons? Yeah, of course I am. I'm thinking this kid must have heard of the prolific display that I put on earlier that day and wanted to congratulate me. Maybe wanted some pointers. See if I could introduce him to some important people. Not so much. He looks at me and goes, Hey, I think you're in trouble. What do you mean I'm in trouble? He goes, I've got a note that's going down to the principal that says, uh, that talks about you mooning and I think you're going to get in trouble. Oh, crap. So, 
I asked this kid a few more questions. Find out the name of the teacher that kind of ratted me out. And still to this day, he didn't know my name at first. There was somebody or, or multiple people in that classroom that ratted me out. And if you guys ever hear this podcast, you'll know that I don't know you, but God knows you. If you can sleep at night, if you can look at yourself in the morning knowing that you ratted out a guy for mooning, well, good luck to you, sir. Anyway, so found out the the name of the teacher. Uh, his name was Brother Keen. Now, at my school, we had brothers. We didn't have priests. And the brothers, most of them very good guys. They were the male equivalent of a nun. And their job was to teach and put up with us knuckleheads as best as they could. Sorry, I just needed a little drink of my Diet Dr. Pepper. My favorite diet soft drink. And no, Dr. Diet Dr. Pepper is not a sponsor. But if they'd like to be, I'd be more than happy to talk more about them. Mm-mm, that's so good. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, yeah, the little minion. So um, find out the, the, the teacher's name. Grab a guy that I knew from uh, from grade school, uh, kind of a friend of mine, guy by the name of Mike Riley. He's a good guy. Uh, unfortunately, Mike passed away a few years ago. Um, and the ironic thing about this is Mike became an attorney eventually. So I kind of was his first client. I grab him. I say, Riley, you got to help me out, man. When we go see this teacher, just come with me. And tell him, no matter what, tell him it wasn't me. I didn't do it. He looks at me and goes, okay. And I have the bright idea that we're going to fool this teacher and we're going to switch coats. Now, this guy was about three inches shorter than me, about 30 pounds lighter. So he put on my letter jacket and it looked like a guy wearing his dad's raincoat. I put on his windbreaker and I'm kind of doing the fat guy in a little coat thing so right there and then you knew that something was up so we go uh, find this teacher and I and I before we go to him I go remember Riley it wasn't me I didn't do it say, okay so go up to the teacher and before I have a chance to say anything <laughs> this guy Riley goes he didn't do it. It wasn't him. <laughs> and and it's just wonderfully high-pitched. I mean, you think I got high-pitched nasal. I sound like Barry White compared to this guy. And, and again, to this day, I can hear it. He didn't do it. It wasn't him. <laughs> the teacher just looked at him and said, Mr. Riley, you're excused. You can go now. And you might want to give Mr. Simmons back his coat because it doesn't look very good on you. So we switched. The teacher says, I know it was you. Don't don't even try and lie. Um, I've got you dead to rights. Please just go see uh, the appropriate people to see what needs to be done. Like, ah, shit. So, uh, you know, again, I was, uh, I was the first client of 
this guy, uh, and I'm certainly hoping that his track record improved from his defense of me, because he, he did not do much for me. If anything, he, he like wrote guilty on my forehead before I could even walk up there. So anyway, so I, I said, I'm going to try and head this off of the pass, and I go down to the, uh, the principal's office. Well, I see my football coach there. Now, this is a guy at the time that I had a lot of respect for. He was the, the football coach with all my brothers. So he knew my family, um, knew my dad. So he looks at me and goes, what's wrong? I said, oh, I'm in trouble. Well, what do you mean? What? I go, well, I got to talk to the, you know, the principal. Well, I'm coming in with you. I'm like, oh, my God. That's about as bad of a scenario as you can imagine. It, there, there's definitely no reason for this guy to come in. But for some reason, he, he needed to interject. So we come in. We sit down, and the, the principal describes what happened. Now, my football coach puts his head down, into his, puts his head in his hands, shakes his head as if, he, if he's gotten the worst news ever, or if he is just so utterly disgusted that someone that's going to put on his, his uniform uh, performs such a heinous act. About halfway through, he excused himself. Ah, I can't handle this anymore. So the trauma was too much for him. So already I'm getting a bad feeling in my stomach. So the principal says, okay, we, we can't have this. You're going to have to be suspended. Go down, go back to see Mr. Kozlowski, and we'll we'll deal with the punishment accordingly. So I, I just, I've got a horrible pit in my stomach. And I go to see Mr. Kozlowski. Sorry, just making sure it's recording. Again, no filter. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I go down to see Mr. Kozlowski. And he explains that I'm going to be suspended. Uh, I'm gonna have to serve uh, a little time uh, coming in on a Saturday for a uh, for an all-day detention. Um, but I'm gonna have to call home and, and tell my mom. Now, just to give you a little frame of reference, I'm the youngest of seven kids. Now, my older brothers and sisters will tell you that I was very spoiled. I don't think I was spoiled. Uh, I was just treated fair and accordingly. Uh, but yes, I kind of knew that there was times when my mom thought I was, you know, I could do no wrong. So as I'm dialing, I'm thinking, nah, you know what, this isn't going to be so bad. Mom's not going to be upset. All I got to do is spin this the right way. So I call her. I go, Mom, it's me. She goes, hi, what's going on? I go, well, I'm down at school and I'm in trouble. And right away, her first reaction is, what did somebody do to you? So I'm thinking, oh, great. This is awesome. She's already on my side. She's worried about me. There's no way that she's going to be mad at me. I'm her little baby boy. So I say, well, I, I'm, in, I'm in trouble. I, I did something wrong. She said, well, what did you do? Now, just to preface before I tell you this, my mom was a, a very naive woman. Now, my dad had died the, the year before, so she was still in a little bit of a, a shock from that. But she just, 
or if she was sheltered or preferred to be sheltered or not know everything going on. She just, she was not hip. I'll put it that way. So I say to her, I'm in trouble because I mooned the girls over at the girls' school. Marion is the name of the school. She goes, what? I go, I mooned the girls at Marion. Now, her reaction at first was, it, it kind of caught me off guard because she said, well, what is that? What is mooning? Now, again, I'm 16. I'm not very smart at this point. And I, I say, and as I say this right now, I still cringe. I pulled my pants down in front of the girls and, and she didn't even let me finish. The first words out of her mouth was a scream followed by, oh my God, you're sick. You need help. Oh my God, you are sick. You need help. Now... This is because years before that, there was a pro football player. I think his name is Lance Rensel. I don't want to get him confused with Lance Allworth, but I think Lance Rensel. His nickname was Keep It In Your Pants, Lance. He, Lance was, I guess, known for, uh, well, doing the frontward moon. He was showing the, the fruit bowl. He was showing the whole uh, Franks and Beans to people. And that is exactly what my mom thought. So she's... She's not thinking I'm just doing something kind of silly. She's thinking I'm just like some kind of depraved pervert. So as I, as I hear her screaming, I'm trying to explain to her. And she just repeats over and over again. I decide to hand the phone back to Mr. Kozlowski because maybe he'll do a better job than I will. I'm thinking adult to adult, we'll get this thing settled. I won't have to deal with it as much. So I say, you you got to talk to her. So he picks up the phone and, hello, Mr. Simmons. Uh, I just want to assure you that uh, this is a prank that many of the boys play. Um, only, only his buttocks were shown. There were no genitals that were shown. And right then and there, was one of the worst feelings that I ever had in my life because this man just said genitals in front of my mom. He said genitals to my mom. She doesn't even know what mooning is and you're saying genitals. How the hell is she going to get that? So my stomach just fell to the floor. I think I turned about 80 shades of white. I think I was snowman color. Uh, I, could, I could just hear different languages being talked throughout the air it was just in panic and I'm thinking this is the worst moment of my life and God love him Mr. Kozlowski unknowingly saved the day see as I said I'm from a family of seven kids my mom is very very proud of raising seven kids Seven, uh, we were knuckleheads, but we were we were for the most part good kids. If we get in trouble, it was you know nothing horrible, nothing evil. But one thing that you don't do to a mother of seven kids 
is tell her how to parent one of those kids. And that's what saved me. So Mr. Kozlowski, after he announces to her that I'm being suspended for a couple of days, he decides to tell my mom how I should be punished. He tells her how I should be punished at home. He tells her because spring break is coming up that I should be left home from spring break and not be able to enjoy any kind of vacation time. He's starting to lay it on thick. He's starting to think that he is the, uh, the judge, jury, and executioner of my sentence. Oh, you don't do that to my mom. So apparently it ended kind of chilly. He just uh, told me that I'd be suspended for the next couple of days. Uh, would have to report for an all-day detention uh, in a week on a Saturday. And that was that. So I'm driving home. And I'm in an utter panic. I, I, I have to say it was my very first panic attack. And it was, it was by far the very best one. I'm thinking I let my mom down. You know, life's been hard for her lately because of, you know, my dad passing away. Um, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be a good kid, and I did this, and I, I'm start, I'm starting to like tear up in the car, and I'm like, kind of, I'm crying on my way home because I'm thinking my mom is just gonna yell at me. She's gonna think I'm just horrible and awful, and oh my god, that's right, she thinks I'm some kind of uh, pervert. So she's gonna send me away to some kind of camp where they're gonna deprogram me. Oh, it was horrible. And I, and I walk inside, and she's kind of laughing. She's mad, but she's kind of laughing. And she goes, now, you know, I, I, I'm going to punish you. Don't worry. Don't think that you're getting off of this. But you know that your, your punishment is going to be, for the rest of your life, you're not going to be able to live this down. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah. Now, again, I, I had brothers that got suspended for, for you know, getting in a fight. Had another brother that got suspended for starting a fight because he ripped down a banner at a basketball game. My one sister got suspended because she used, she was excellent at writing forgery notes or forging notes, uh, saying that her friends uh, had a doctor's appointment when they would really go out and drink or smoke or whatever. So uh, you know, I'm learning that <laughs> I was not from a family of angels. So it was it was nice to hear. But she said, you're not going to live this down. This is something that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and I had to call. She made me call each one of my brothers and sisters to tell them what I did. And they all laughed at me and said how stupid I was. And uh, it's a story that I told at my rehearsal wedding. It's a story that I tell probably five times every year. Uh, it's... Uh, the reason why I've gotten the name Moonhead from some of my friends, that, well, that in the shape of my head is like a full moon, but regardless. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, to this day, you'd think wardrobe malfunctions on TV causing a big problem. Well, you know, in the world of a 16-year-old wardrobe malfunction, uh, served as a lesson, but let me know. You know, my mom's a, my mom's pretty cool too. 
Uh, but we're not going to end on a little nice happy note because now I got to tell you about when I was in, I had to go to the all day detention. Now at my school, again Catholic school, they're not called detentions; they're called jugs, which it's stands for justice under God. Because I guess you're supposed to feel like extra bad that you you not only let your teachers down and your school down, but you let God down by being late for class, for eating a Twinkie in the hallway, for, uh, you know, missing too many homework assignments, you know, that kind of thing. That, that, that kind of Catholic guilt mentality, but you know, whatever. Uh, so I show up at school on a Saturday, and you tell, it's, it's, uh, it's like real jail. It, the first-timers are on one side of the, uh, the office, and the repeat offenders, like my friend Pete, uh, they were on the other side. And they knew. They, they knew the drill exactly. And we were given our assignments. Basically, we were just supposed to clean up every little shitty part of the school. They, they just didn't feel like cleaning up throughout the week. Or if the janitors were too lazy or whatever. So they took me and my friend Pete and a couple other guys down to the gym. And we were working under the, uh, the bleachers picking up used Kleenex, old, you know, half-eaten pudding cups, probably a few that I had put down there. Uh, I don't even know what else was down there. Just uh, biohazard beyond belief. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working as hard as I can because I'm thinking, all right, if we can get this done, we can get out of here. Well, my friend Pete comes up to me. He's kind of like Red from Shawshank Redemption. He, he's going to set me straight on, on, on the rules of jail. Uh, and he's... Uh, like, no, dude, what are you doing? Don't, don't work too fast. We're here all day. It doesn't matter. If you get this done, they're going to find something else for you to do. And they even had like a little system of bird calls, like in, you know, like the Great Escape or the Bridge Over the River Kwai. Uh, once the teacher would walk in, they'd do a little call, a little whistle, and you get back to work. And once the teacher left, another series of, of whistles, and then you could just kind of relax. And I got done with that, and they put me in some closet that probably hadn't been opened since 1965 because it just smelled of like old, just old jock straps and and shoulder pads and old helmets, and it was just god awful disgusting. And basically, it was just pull everything out of there, sweep it up, and put it back in. Uh, and, and I think they deliberately did this. I think they deliberately kept like these closets and shit just crappy just so we would feel guilty as we're, we're doing this cleaning. So um, I got done with it. I got home. And, uh, you know, the one thing I, I forgot to tell you is that um, when, when Mr. Kozlowski had told my mom that I should not go on vacation, she looked at me and she goes, I don't know who that man is and I don't know if he has children or not, but no one is telling me how to, uh, how to discipline my kids and we already have plans for uh, for going to Florida for vacation, so there's no way that uh, you're getting out of that. So, I guess part of my punishment was sitting on the beach in Florida, getting a tan, drinking Coke all day, not doing anything except having my mom take us out to dinner. That was pretty rough. So, again, in this day and age of wardrobe malfunctions, dick pics... Uh, just general obscenity. 
I like to think back to the old days when uh, when just showing your ass really meant something. So, this has been Mike's Mutterings, episode four or three point two five or whatever the hell it is. It's Monday. It's February. It's uh, it's almost fifty degrees. Jesus. Uh, it'd be nice if we stayed like this. But anyways, this has been Mike's Mutterings. No filter, no script. What's the other thing I say? No talent. God knows that was apparent today. So, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask for all of you listeners, all of you, any suggestions you have, hey, write me a letter, send me a text, I'll read it on the air, or whatever this is. What is it? Is this the air? Uh, whatever. I'll read it. You want me to talk about something? It can't be too dirty. I'm hoping more people listen to this. Can't say too many swear words. I'll say motherfucker right now just to say it. But uh, I'd love to have a guest on sometime. Everybody wants to sit in my car with me while I mutter. That'd be great. I could always have another mutter. A mutterer. Another mutterer. All right, now I'm starting not to make sense. Uh, have a great night. And uh, happy February. See you, everybody.